It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Yeah, this is great. So Kev has arrived and is already, we're down on the bank. He's already baiting the river. You're, what's ground, you call that ground bait? Ground bait, yes. Um, and loose feed, I think. Um, you can get actually uh, actual ground bait mixes of various types, but yes. I've just liquidised some bread. Um, <laughs> and they like that? The, they what? do. They, they get drawn in the cloud. There's obviously food in it. And then uh, the cloud of all the crumbs will draw them in, but not give them too much to eat. I see, so they don't get full and they'll be ready to eat whatever we Exactly, but they're stirred by the idea of it. So Kev's just slotting together his cane. This is a cane rod, is it? This is... Um, oh, no, right. It's whole, No, that's, this is cane. This rod's had a bit of a backstory. Oh, God, it looks like a... <laughs> it's, it's not a young rod. It's not a young rod. This is... Um, and it's not my rod. It's, oh, um, sorry, we have to be very careful with it. It's quite careful, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's my friend Chris's rod. Chris Yates' rod. It Chris is. Yates, the great angler. I'm holding one of Chris Yates' rods. You are. I'm holding and Chris <laughs> Yates' rod. You are. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, you've always dreamt of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a dream come true. But, um, but yeah, oh. when I first took it out, I borrowed it and um, and I slipped over and snapped the tip off. Oh, OK. That's and then good. I've snapped it off again since. OK. So this see. is... You've got cane, and this top section's now got lots of other rods where I've done a repair job, and then the top bit is now a fly rod. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you, this is a bit of a kind of monster of a rod. It's a Heath yeah. Robinson rod, yeah. but I like... It's got a really tippy action, so it's good Very for some bendy, smaller yeah. fish. Chris has forgiven you, then? Um, when I told him, and I phoned him, and I said, I've, I've just slipped over, and I... Yeah, such a rod. And I've just, yeah, broken your rod, and he just laughed. Oh. And said, well, it'll burn well. <laughs> <laughs> it sums him up rather well. Well, you've brought the most glorious weather here. It's, for, um, and this is good fishing weather? It's, it's rubbish fishing weather. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely rubbish. Oh. But, um, oh. I mean, it's bright sunshine. It's, not, it's barely a cloud. Um, oh, so is it better to have overcast conditions? Absolutely, low light levels. Oh, really? But, yeah... Low light levels are really good. Fish tend to stir because obviously they're being hunted or they're hunting. Mm. So um, they'll stir at dawn or dusk or nice dank, mm. overcast days. So 
Oh, that's yeah. a really good tip for anyone fish watching or wanting to catch them. Absolutely. It's why often uh, you can fish all day in a spot um, that will come alive in the last sort of hour just as the light's starting to go. It suddenly you think there's no fish in there. And then just suddenly it's... Um, oh, right. So we, it's going to affect our chances of catching... We should be all right here because there should be a lot of fish. And the, the river itself, it's got a bit of colour in it. Is that um, a good thing? Is that's, that's, that's not bad. greenish colour. Yeah. Um, it can run clear, this river. Um, and it's quite shallow. It's only three and a half feet. Really? So uh, waist deep here? Yeah. Um, but the colour's good because, again, you can't, the fish can't see... Um, they can't, well, can't see, see the line, yeah, okay. they <laughs> which can is a hope. To detect us at the moment, can they, do you think? Um, and... Potentially. I think vibrations obviously do travel through water and, and certainly heavy footfall, and, yeah, yeah. but they won't be too worried. This isn't a very heavily fished stretch either, okay. so it's not, they're not going to be um, listening out for, for people. They'll be more worried about you know, herons and egrets and otters. There's otters there, yeah, I met a dog walker earlier who had seen an otter today just oh, down by the weir. Oh, right, brilliant. Down, yeah, so, uh, I have, yeah, I've seen one a bit further down myself. A few, uh, last year it was, I came up in the winter and watched one hunting. For, wow. Just coming up the far bank. As a fisherman, is that both joy and frustration? Um, a little bit. I find more joy, I know. Yeah. You're, you're a fisherman naturalist. <laughs> I sure. am. I just see the, the positives. I think yeah. it's a good thing. Um, and on a, it's a lovely way to be actually to sort of enjoy the nature as it comes exactly and, and not get too frustrated with it and the presence of a predator like that shows that the, that the river's in good health yeah, yeah well, it just wouldn't be there otherwise well that's what's really exciting there's so, so much I want to talk about but you know we are going to talk a little bit about river health today because it's such big news but this is a good this is called the river isle is that right yes it is yeah the river isle it's it's not long, it's about 15 miles long, I think. Okay. Um, rises above Illminster, from which, which it gives its, its name. Oh, I think yeah, it feeds yeah. Charles Reservoir right, okay. further up. Um, it's, it's only a narrow river, it's probably... Yes, it's probably going to the square. What would you say, 10 metres across? I it? think so, yeah. yeah. And this is as wide as it gets. Yeah. Um, and it meets the River Parrot. Down, yeah. A little bit further downstream. So regular listeners will know that I went to the mouth of the parrot with Ben Hoare earlier in this series to, to hear curlews and lapwings and other oh, yes, wonderful could, things. But, yeah. So we're sort of focusing a little bit at Somerset this series. But, um, why not? It's my homeland and what a beautiful place to be. We're just beside a bridge. Um, and Kev is... We've just threaded the wire through the eyes of the rod. Thread the wire. Through just thread, the, through threaded the... the Threaded the line through the. Did I say wire? Yeah. I think I did, yeah. Well, uh, but no, fish, it's often called fishing wire. Oh, okay. That's okay. Oh, good. And now I've got a selector float. Yeah. And Which isn't as. I've, I've had the same float going for about three winters now, and I lost it my last well, trip. I got caught in a tree or something. No, I, got, I hooked a sea trout that oh. went bananas, and then I had a, obviously had a. a nick in the line and it snapped oh no and it took your float with it the float went the fish would have been fine because I had a little barbless hook it would, no, have, it would have shaken it the out the hook pinged out and I watched the float sailing off oh so, really oh. yeah so a shame but oh. these are all homemade jobs um, these are great so they're made with cork I've made that one's made out of fennel pith <laughs> really yeah we had, we had pet fennel in the garden oh my god and I just um, 
That's fennel stem then. Yeah. So, uh, so this it's really a, buoyant. So I might try, might try it. I haven't tried it actually. Yeah, killer fennel, and um, so a float for those. I mean, you know, most people will know what a float is, but it it, it sort of holds your bait in the water. Yeah, originally they were used just to suspend the bait mm. um, to off the bottom because you can cast out a bait with which is weighted yeah. and it'll obviously sink. And most fish feed at the bottom, but some feed up in the water. So. Yeah. Original purpose was just to suspend a bait higher in the water, but then people realise it's also a brilliant bite indicator. Yeah, so it's, it's got a, a sort of neon bright red tip. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are we expecting? Um, this is a it's a river with lots of fish in it. Lots um, of different species. Probably, and, and I'd hope, and and this famous last words, I would hope we'd catch at least six different species. Six different species. Oh my goodness. Well, that's, that's quite a brag okay well and i've uh, really set us up can, well, you can edit that out there can't you <laughs> okay i think today we might catch as many as two different species <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think in two hours we could have had we might catch six species oh well that's confident and we're gonna fish with light line yeah. small hooks um what breaking strain does this line have? This, this real line's actually four pounds, which is quite heavy. Yeah. I'm going to put on a lighter hook link. Okay, so below the, below the float. Yeah, put a, I'll put a swivel and then tie a, a lighter. So they can't see that, or they, yeah. it really reduces their... Absolutely, and then I, the theory being as well, if you get a bigger fish and it snap, or you snag up, um, you'll only lose the hook. Oh, I see. That's rather than everything, which didn't happen. With the sea trout. The sea trout. What were you fishing for when you were fishing for a sea trout? Not sea trout. No. <laughs> um, Dace and roach for the for the aim. Um, it ruined. It took my float and spoilt the fishing a bit. Yeah, gosh, because it scared everything else off. Yeah, because it's a big, big beast. Career around and. Are there pike in here? Presumably. There's yeah. lots of pike. In fact, I'm surprised. Last time I was here, the it was the pike that are very obvious that, that because there's a lot of bleak, which are small fish that yeah. tend to. Shoal up and ever go. seen a bleak? Do you think we might catch a bleak? We, we should do, although there's very little showing. But I know I'm just going to try and work out how much shot I need because yeah. I have no idea because I've never used this float. Oh, well, before. this is really a fennel float. What made you think of oh, there's a skylark going? Uh, yeah, just a uh, it's been a few inches, it's been a um, and a missile thrush up there. I just heard yeah. it's shooting by something, yeah, that must be a uh. That must be a clay shoot. Yeah, yeah, seasons. Well Talk, finished. Talking of seasons, we're, we're right at the end of the course fishing We are, oh, yeah, March the 14th so is the final two, day. two weeks away. And this is my absolute favourite time to be by the river. And, and as oh, a, I bet, because you've got longer days. And, yeah, and, and it's just the anticipation, there's a slight urgency, and, and, but it's, it's more about the changing season that I really love and and mentioning saying how rubbish the weather is for fishing it's the perfect weather to be out by river it is absolutely heaven like I'm sort of I can feel the spring tingling through me in in a sort of weird sort of way so and that's it the days like this are what I like at the end of the season I'm not too worried about um, you know about catching lots of fish it's just so nice to be sitting out so the floats, you're just testing it out. I'm just, yeah, putting on a bit more shot each time just yeah. to try and uh, get it perfectly balanced. You've got lots of different weights of shots. So, uh, There's all different sizes. Some enormous the shot is, uh, is no longer lead, is no, it? No, no. 
When I was a kid, it used to be lead with pliers and things like that. Yeah. You'd lose loads of it in the river, and obviously other, other creatures, swans in particular. Swans were the main problem, and it was, yeah, it was banned back in... Um, gosh, this float takes quite a lot of... Yeah, yeah, very, very buoyant. <laughs> <travel>. <laughs> yeah, more than I thought. He's going to make it a bit heavier. I, d I didn't think we'd need to fish with quite such heavy um, tackle, but it'll be OK. But... That's about, that's lovely. Oh, okay. So it's sitting so neatly at where you've got the record. And what we'll do, we'll just steadily introduce small, if the wind didn't blow them in, small amounts of maggots. I'm looking at the line. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at the river. On the inside, it's almost static. I mean, down by our feet, it is yeah. completely static. It's not much flow on it, but... It's just, definitely a pull. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a line... You can almost see where the outside of the current is just pushing past the inside. Yeah, so there's a crease. It's not really strong crease as you get on some rivers, but um, fishing, it, basically fish will often sit just out of the main current. Okay, so they might be just in this sort of yeah. 15 feet from where we're three metres, four metres, five metres, four, three metres out. Yeah, yeah, it's not far. It's just a nice gentle underarm flick. So you're just sitting out of, and then you've baited the hook with a little wiggle, two wiggly little two maggots. Two little wiggly maggots. Red. And I'm going to guess the depth. I'm not... Okay. I know it's not that deep here, but I'll keep sort of chopping and changing so and working out. So get out of your way here, do I? That's all right. It's just a simple little... Oh, gosh, yes. ...underarm flick. And the first cast is out there. Yeah. So this is the bit where we... We sit and we wait, wait and watch the float. But also it should the wind's not good, it's just pulling the line in towards us, which is making life a bit tricky. The idea being when you've got a bit more flow, this is a centre pin reel. Um, so yeah, so tell me how the reel's working. It's a, I mean it's a really simple it looks like a fly fishing reel. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, and ide ideally with a bit more pull on the water. The float will actually, as it goes down the river, it will pull line off the reel. Oh, I see. So you could end up the float. So Absolutely, yeah. Which is called trotting, which is the technique. Trotting, okay. But this is, oh, there's a bite. There's a fish. It's quite a good fish. You've actually. got a fish already. My goodness. This is, the um, float just went down. And we've got a dog barking. With <laughs> um, I'm not, this is interesting. This is quite a good fish. This is a lot bigger than I was expecting to hook. So. Right, so you've got to play this. So you're letting a lot of line out. Yeah, you? and it's taking line. It's not... Yeah. Um, I think it could be a chub. Right. It's, it's got right over to that far bank. Look. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 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 so... How hard do you pull? And you're not winding in. You don't wind in. Not at the moment. At the moment, I'm just... I'm literally reacting to the fish. It's, it's a shame. like a massive gathering of people. <laughs> just as we're catching a fish. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm just letting the fish do what it can without letting it get into the far bank. I'm just trying to let it tire itself out. Yeah. Okay. Extraordinary. <laughs> the time so couldn't quite. have been worse. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I'm sure this must be a chub. The way oh. it's going. Oh, this is probably exciting. So this has been quite a quite a battle already. 
So yeah, it, it's you're very calm, but obviously you've done this many, many times. I have. I've also got a light hook, you know, that little tiny hook, and it's yeah. barbless. So I'm not really expecting to land it because oh, right, I okay. think I've got a feeling the hook will pull. Yeah. If it Do comes to the landing, then? that's fine. That it's just here. That'll yeah. be okay. So we're coming in a bit closer now. It's starting to. We're tiring it. Yeah. This is often the danger. It will come up to the surface yeah. and then um, leap and, and yeah, and possibly just throw the hook. Okay. Oh gosh. Extraordinary to have happened so quickly. And also, the gathering of the Somerset dogs. <laughs> no, that wasn't the best timing. It's coming up in the water, I've got, yeah, so it's not yeah, yeah. hugging the bottom as it was. He's still got a lot of energy. You can really feel the pull on the rod. Yeah, and the over. line's singing slightly. Yeah. It's but just letting the rod take the strain. As and you're holding the reel to stop it, yeah. any more line going off, and it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen it caught yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I just saw the black of its tail, it is a chub. Chub, wow. Okay, I have a chub in my pond still, so I'll be familiar with it. Um, we've now got spectators, so the pressure's on, Kev. Pressure's too. really on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First fish of the day. Okay, so there's this swirling at the surface now. The fish is coming. Oh, oh it's not, you know. It, was... yeah, it is a chub. God, suddenly yeah. saw the dorsal fin and I thought, it's not a huge chub, but it's, um, it's, 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 not, it's bad. not bad. Goodness me. Oh, goodness. It's gone under the net and it's come off. No, it hasn't. No, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah, you've still got it. And he's oh, now. Well done. Get in. Well, that's My quite a goodness. result. Um, what's, a, what's that? It's a four, five pound? Four? Oh, it's probably about three and a half pounds. <gasps> oh, God, I have it. But it's not bad. Fish. It's not bad, is it? Thank yeah. you. Fish. A, yeah, chub. That's a big... Chub, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well done, Kev. That's We're a... just recording a podcast, actually. So it, it's the be... first fish of the day and weren't really expecting it. <laughs> Good Something chub. quite as big as that. Oh my god, what a beautiful a fish. fish. It's so really nice. To describe it, it's sort of... Oh, it has these black fins, the black tail, and then the sort of reddish pectoral... Oh, good luck, Ned. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Perfect condition. It's in very nice condition. It's Something's had a go at its side here. Yeah, what's that then? That's that could be cormorant, it could be pipe. Actually, it's got a good four pound of that. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's a beautiful looking fish and a big fish. Four it's, pound chub to start the good, day. It's a good, so it's, yeah, it's on a tiny hook. Well, that you put it, you, it's a good fight. It was a really good fight. And uh, I'll just, we've had now, all the action, yeah. So they put it back and it will. And it's always the nice thing just watching them. Yeah. So you're just being very gentle with it. And he's just. See it flaring its gills, yeah, and it's going to go off on its own. Just time. swimming off and away, has Bob. And away, it, so. So well, that's a bit of a that's all right. You can go home now. Oh, so I can go home now. Yes, absolutely. Let's <laughs> go to the pub. <laughs> yeah. No, no, well, look, five to go, but oh, yeah, that's the first how species. Quick, how quickly, uh, how quickly it struck. It, yeah, although it's also not not unusual if chub are greedy fish, they yeah. will. Come and wolf down. 
lots of bait. There's also, where there's one chub, there's often more, but... So we might have a... So what sort of, sort of typical coarse, spe coarse fish species in a lowland river like this is um, perch? Per there's lots of perch in here. Yeah. There's um, some dace and roach and gudgeon. There's lots of silver bream, which I hope silver we catch. Bream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're, um, I'm familiar with the bronzy bream, the no, big, yes. big one. But silver bream, they're, they're like little blades of chrome. They're amazing. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, skimmer, and with huge hours. Skimmer? skimmer, a small... Bronze bream, bronze bream and they look very similar but the eye of a silver bream they're enormous so um, that's generally what, what give it away I'm surprised I'm not getting a bite which is interesting I would have expected a bite about there but hopefully if we can get the, uh, the fish feeding we can swap round and yeah 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 see if I can Ringing, ringing bells of great tits. Yeah, they're distant. They're really coming to the fore now. It's my brother's favourite bird song, which Is I was it? quite okay. surprised yeah. when he when he said. And um, it's a very hopeful sound. Although yeah, it's I not, think that's it's not it. a great sort of tune. It's a that was some weed. It just got yeah. stuck on. It's a few sort of. When you're putting bait in, the ground bait, yeah. how far uh, an influence will that have on this stretch of river? Um, not huge without the flow, but it could draw... I think uh, those maggots, I think, will be sinking by about where the float is now, which I is see. only sort of... Uh, yes, that's an interesting thing, so you've timed it so that the maggots are going to hopefully arrive, yeah. because I would have probably lobbed stuff. And when I have ground baited, so I'll throw it at the float rather than... No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to think where the, yeah, where the yeah, bait is rather sense. than where the float is. But, um... That was... I've got another chub. Are you in? I think, yeah. <laughs> OK, this is fish number two. And it feels like another chub. Another chub. So that's interesting. You can tell by the feel of it. Yeah. So... The size is a giveaway, but also yeah. it's the way um, chub always go for cover. This isn't as big as the other one, uh -huh, right, but so they generally they'll try and get across to cover, so they'll get across, try and get across to the far bank. So other fish generally don't do that. Or, no, no mind you, it's just nodding its head a bit. I'm not sure now. This is coming easier to the net, definitely. Yeah. Although it suddenly decided to head Woken up. It's up really a interesting. It's a bit like a miniature, if you remember the scene from Jaws where the, the little barrels move around. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 it's the, you get that sense of some unknown presence. So you're just keeping tension on all the time. Just, yeah. And then you're giving it a bit of... I'm just letting it pull. So you don't lose any of your... And then just letting the, the rod take it. That's why the, the softness of the rod, I'm not touching it at all, but the rod is trying to straighten itself. Yeah, I see. So it's just lifting the fish up in the water without yeah. jagging it or... There's a swirl on the water, you can probably just hear that. It's a lovely That's moment when it swirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And chub, it is, it's it? another chub. Yeah. Well, you're definitely going to have to start to take over in a moment. Cause if okay. But no, this is a... Okay, yeah, yeah, smaller, but um, 
and then it came right into the net beautifully there. Not bad, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, bad. it's probably three pounds. Three pounds, my goodness. Um, beautiful. So it's got these sort of bronzy scales. I mean, bronze gold scales, really. Yeah, on the really side. lovely. And, and that eye is so beautiful. It is amazing. Gold eye. Um, I think that's in lovely condition, actually. Yeah. I mean, that tail is perfect. You can see the black sort of edge to the tail. When you see them in the water, yes. that's often a giveaway. It's a fine looking. And these beautiful are gill covers are gold, greeny gold. And it's just a bar of silvery gold. It's, uh, but from above, a brown. Exactly, yeah, you just see that's perfect camouflage from above. It's absolutely, it, there's, it's perfection, that fish. It doesn't have any wounds, no missing scales. Brilliant fishing. This is, <laughs> this is unexpected. This is a I, total I, weight of seven pounds now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And only two bites, but he'll go quite happily. Yeah. Good. Off he goes, brilliant. Are you going to have a go? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to... I could have got that a bit further out, actually, couldn't I? Yeah, but that's okay. That's, that's all right. I think the fish should follow the sort of line and the bait. But that's fine, it's just going down okay. The Skylark's really going for it now. Yeah, fantastic. Over to behind us. So will the mixed fish all sort of shoal together? Yeah, they should they? do. I mean, when I fished this one before, I've, <laughs> I've not caught not chub like to. that. I've just had bite after bite from yeah. fish much smaller. And those fish don't seem to be here, which is interesting. So we could move to another section, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, I think that? we probably will at some point. I see. We're I going to be see. joined by um, my friend Skeff, who is Mark Walsingham, is his name. He's um, used to work for the National Trust, and he's, but he's a local. Yeah. Knows the area very well. He'll, he'll go after perch, I expect, with a big worm. Big worm, okay. Big, so great, big lobworms. I see. That's, That's it. Just go. That's good. That's good. It feels like it's slightly more in the middle of the flow. This one. Yeah, that's going down a better line. I have such low expectations of my own fishing uh, chances so, um, <laughs> because of endlessly. This is where the, the fish were striking, just here where it's it sort of... was, but it's just pulled in a bit. Oh, I see. It's a better. This has gone better as well than my dream last night of today. Um, I dreamt that I got here early, and um, and for some reason. Obviously linked in with the with the sluices and whatever, but for some reason they they were letting the sea back in. <laughs> um, so yeah. I was feeding it and I couldn't get any bites and I couldn't get a bite and yeah. and it was all getting real desperate. And then just as you turned up, I had a bite and I caught a puffer fish, <laughs> and it was about an inch, <laughs> an inch long. <laughs> yeah. but, but it was a puffer. I mean, it was a fish, yeah, and I was really so. I was just like, oh, well, this wasn't quite expected. And then I was trying to think of a joke. And I was looking at it thinking, it's looking quite puffed out and stuff. And then you just suddenly came out with 
something, it, but he said it, it was really funny in my dream. He yeah, said, yeah. Oh, I'm surprised the hook didn't burst it. And, <laughs> and, then, um, and then, as dreams do, suddenly Hannah and Jack were there and they were laughing. Yeah, they, they, that would be the first time they've ever laughed at one of my jokes. Yeah, he's much further out this time. There's something, something coming over. Is that a pipe it's coming just, through? No, no, it's just a sort of wind Eddie. devil. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Just looked like a sort of V-shaped... Yeah, this is a different song. It's still the same great tip. That's a nice cast. That's going through really nicely, actually. You can see by the shape of the float where it's leaning back. Yeah. It's being pulled through by the weight. Oh, good, okay. So, um, which is exactly what we want. The float's just leaning back. It, deserves a bite. <laughs> we do have the option, I mean we've got miles and miles and miles of before we can fish. There's a um, pumping station a little bit downstream, there's lots of water around there which could be worth going and catching a few after my confidence of six species. <laughs> You need anything to fill a bit of a uh, bit of space in the podcast, and Dan could do that for hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's Skeff, 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 yeah. Skeff, and Ali, Ali, yeah. Ali, excellent. Because we've been joined by two, two more fishermen, two anglers. Ali, you're off the pike. Yes, that's really exciting. Yeah, that would be uh, yeah. All, all the small stuff. Is, uh, <laughs> um, how long have you been fishing? Oh, I've been fishing since I was about. About six or seven, but well, so about two years then. <laughs> yes. You were you were six when I first took you. Yeah. Wow. And you had a, a lull, didn't you? And then when you were about fourteen or fifteen, you suddenly got the suddenly boat back. That's yeah, interesting. Back, so just uh, and and do you come out? Do you come here often? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Far too often. <laughs> okay. Should be spending more time at school, but there we are. <laughs> oh, that's this is a good school. Yeah. No, it's very good. Yeah. It's, it's really good actually. Because has got his A levels coming up this year. Yeah. In the next sort of couple, well, mocks next week, isn't it? I do think the fishing is a great break yeah. from that sort of pressure. We were talking a lot about mental mental space it gives you. It does. Yeah. And, uh, Especially after lockdown as well, kind of being stuck inside for so long. Yeah. It's very nice to kind of just get out and... Because you can, well, you can fish with as many people as you like, or you can fish completely by yourself. Yeah, do you prefer the solo f or fishing with Dad? Well, oh. depend, depend, <laughs> depends what he's catching. So. Yeah. <laughs> bear, bear in mind when you answer that that you need a lift home. Yes. <laughs> Skeff, you're more after perch, you said. That's... I'm going to try for some perch, yes. I'm, okay, uh... so you've got a slightly different tackle to... You call that a... That's a float, is it? Yep, so yeah, so we've got a... a, a, a same I'm actually going to put a small, slightly smaller float than this on, but that's okay. just for indicating the bites. And then shot, and then I'll be using worms and maggots as bait. OK, so we've been using maggots, but... So. Um, but yeah, yes, right. just trotting the stream and seeing what comes along, really. But the, right. there are some very big perch in here, which are fantastic fish. I mean, they're yeah. very... They're, they're bold, they fight well, but they, they just look wonderful. The so colours... Oh, yes, it's yeah. stunning. And uh, wow. I have a bit of an obsession with trying to catch those at the moment. Oh, well, wonderful.
good obsession. And you, you're not using a flake, you're using a lure. No, I'm using a lure and I'm also going to try for the pike on the fly as well. Pike on the fly? Which is something I've kind of started doing in more yeah. recent years. So fly fishing for pike. Yeah, and it's um, it's just one of those, I just saw one chap down at the river one day doing it. Yeah. I thought I'll, I'll give that a go and it's something Dad's never done. So it's kind of quite nice for me to explore myself and yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of work it out as I, I go along. But I've had quite a few nice ones on the fly now. Really? So they, and, uh, so they take stuff off the surface of the water? Because I think of pike as these sort of ambush predators deep in yes. the water, just grabbing whatever comes by or just mooching about. But Yeah, well, that, this, it's quite interesting, actually, that you can, most of the time, you can kind of fish them for them right on the bottom, so using mm. stuff like dead baits. But on the fly, I've always found if it's sat kind of two, three inches under the water, that the pike are absolutely crazy for it. Because they think it's a, they they it's a think, fish hanging up yes, near the exactly, water. Yes, exactly, yeah. Right. And um, you get some absolutely crazy takes of it as well. Um, I very well, rarely hook up, but it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, well, it's quite funny in a way. Well, watching them, but I mean, much as watching the float has been mm. glorious, but that does sound like very active. Yeah, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very, very, and it, it, the best bit about it as well is you can kind of walk for miles in a day. Yeah. Just whereas with a float, you kind of sit in one spot for a bit and then move on. But with with lures, You're very mobile as a yes, fly fisherman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. It's, um, do you kind of know then, looking at the river, the, where a good pike lie is, or where they might sort of be? Well, you can you can watch the river and kind of look at bits like here, where you've got an eddy, yeah. where the water's stiller, they'll hold up, but then they could be anywhere. They're very very mobile fish. Um, but if you have got a river with kind of quite a few features, then you can kind of fish to those and, uh, in theory, have a better chance. But yeah. you never know where they are. <laughs> Good. I'm glad there's some mystique. But yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So your dad and Kev have built you up now as, yeah. as, as, the, as, the, as the pike hunter. Yeah. So, there's no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> the great thing for me is it did get Alistair out of his bedroom and away from the computer and the Xbox. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Which is out into the countryside, which is just a, a wonderful thing. So. Yeah. Kev, you look you look mobile. Wandering downstream. Yeah. Should we gather? So I'm just watching Ali with this masterful casting technique. Quite a big lure, and he's reaching the other side very... And then it's jerks. That's an impressive skill, isn't it? It really is. You can see that lure going through the water. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks very fish, like a wounded, an injured fish. Absolutely. That's the pike will follow it quite a long way and then suddenly surge forward and take. Levels really feel like they've, they're so rich these days. It's like one area of the country where things have improved quite so. Oh, I, I don't know, Fergus. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag. So okay. large areas of the levels, I think, have been allowed to re-wet and uh, are... Yeah, particularly the the RSPB reserves up at sort of Hamwall and yeah, yeah. those sorts of areas are fantastic. But you've also got increasingly intensive dairying taking place yeah. down here. Yeah. So you've got other areas where you've got you know cattle sheds now that you know, dairies that are holding a thousand plus head of cattle indoors, and they're cropping maize and intensive silage to feed them because they're not out grazing; they're in, mm. indoors all the time. And so. You've got these sort of pockets of very intensive farming taking place, which are, you know, they're causing nutrient enrichment of the rivers and so on. So it's not 
it, in places it's a really great story, and in places it's uh, quite a depressing one, actually. Yeah, OK. But, so, the, um, um, so that's leaching into the rivers, or not just leaching, it's flowing into the river. I know the River Axe was a particular focus of uh, a lot of slurry going. Yeah, and again, I mean, the Axe always had a very good sea trout run, and that yeah. has struggled in, yeah, progressively. But um, it only takes one very intensive farm to um, cause problems for a, a long way downstream. And um, it's, uh, it worries me, I must admit. Yeah, yeah, OK, and so there's, there's, the, there's the good inside the nature reserves and some good farming. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, intensive dairying. I think that's right, and it's going to be interesting with the changes in agricultural funding, whether that yeah. becomes even more polarised, really. And I've, yes. I've always felt that there should be a, a sweet spot between the two, really, where you can farm in a sort of nature-empathetic way, yeah. make a living, um, produce the food we all need to eat, but still have you know, the wonderful wildlife that's here. So, uh, yeah, well, it, time will it, tell. Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully quickly, because, I mean, this, this river seems to be one of the... Uh, Kev was saying, not badly polluted, it's got a good head of fish. It's got a wonderful head of fish, and that you know, it's got otters, it's got kingfishers, water voles. It's it's, it's really rich as a, as a wildlife environment. It's wonderful. Um, but that's a rare know. thing these days. Uh, I, I you know from you know, from all the reporting I've done over the last yeah, I live near the River Wye and right. on the Usk. Yeah. yeah, and the the Wye is obviously it's a very depressing situation. Really bad isn't story. It? Yes, and so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, yeah. ten years it's been. Of, uh, since I got the first reports of the intensive poultry units, which is still being debated. Uh, yeah, and then you have the potato cropping downstream on sort of very yeah. friable sandy soils, which again are yeah. leaching silt and nutrients into the area yeah, where the so salmon are trying to spawn. It's yeah. um, it's uh, uh, all of these things. It seems to me with these that the, the relatively simple things could be done to stop it going into the rivers, but it's absolutely, buffer yeah. zones and things like that. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and I think that's what worries me a little bit about the change in agricultural funding is whether they become focused purely on the areas that aren't, uh, or, or land management funding, I mean, it's no longer to be tied to agricultural production. Yeah. And whether they sort of become more and more focused on areas which are already wildlife rich because, and not productive agriculture. The farmers are um, you know, on the more intensive land, you know, or the more productive land become ever more intensive. Yes, yeah. and, uh, But on a catchment basis, where you've got a river flowing through a landscape, you know, you can't have pockets of good and bad. You've got to have a, a certain set, you know, a certain standard of, of, of water quality and so on throughout the catchment to mm. to keep it healthy. And um, yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. Well, it sounds like you're sort of probably more optimistic than. You've got to be optimistic, yeah. haven't you? You, you? you do have to be. Yeah, to um, be a fisherman, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're a Bath rugby fan as well. well, well that, oh that's so. yeah. Every year is yeah. going to be our year, and yeah. it's never happened. But you wait till next season. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's always next season. Absolutely. And the same with the fishing. You know, next season could be the one where I catch a five-pound perch. You never know. Yeah. So is that the dream, the five pound? Five pound. Oh, I mean, that's the fish's yes. dreams. Yeah, yeah. Is it? it's okay. So yeah. Have you ever caught five pound? I've not. I've, I've had uh, four. Four is my biggest okay. from from the river here, and uh, that oh, was a fantastic a, fish a couple that's of a years ago. That was yeah. a, that's huge. Bigger than my biggest perch. So I have met. I met a lady angler down at Langport this year who had had one just over five pounds from so this from, from this, this river. Oh from this right. River. So in here, there is a five pound oh, there, perch waiting for you. Very very big big perch. Yes, it's. Uh, uh, what's the biggest a perch will get to in, a, six, in UK waters? A six 
four, I think. Is it six three? Six Something pounds three like ounces. That. Is that the record? Yeah. I when, so. I, when I was Alistair's age, the records mattered, and I, I knew the record of every single British. I fish. did. Yeah. And, and now you I caught don't. them and everything. Yeah. yeah. And now I don't. Just being there's enough now. I don't. Well, I'm not that interesting sure. records yeah, anymore. I just was wondering how. how I mean, what but size pike do you get in here? I mean, Ali would know. What uh, size? Someone had a thirty pounder from here. Really. A couple of years ago, but there used to be quite a lot of very big pike. Um, but there was a. I think there was a sewage spill into the river that killed off a lot of them. Awesome. And they're, they're really making a comeback now, though. Okay, that's good. Well, the biggest I've had is 14 pounds, but I've seen quite a few 20s now up and down the river. Right. It's that's a monstrous a, fish. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. five times the size of that chub. Absolutely. Yeah. And a 30 pounder is sort of four foot almost long. Okay, so, that, would yeah. be, that would be an interesting. That's it would eat you if you fell in. When you get down to Langport and people go um, wild swimming, which is the new craze down there, it always worries me that one of them is suddenly going to disappear into the, under, the, under the water and a pike will have grabbed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Drag them sure off. There's a good, there's a good podcast there. <laughs> that would be really good. Yeah. The pike. Yeah. Yeah. I could be helping, but I'm just going to describe the scene. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a pike take a duck. Before. A fully adult, yeah, adult. A mallard, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, a big, an adult mallard. So we've moved on a little bit downstream to a series of weirs and pumping station here. Is that yes, right? is it, it is. still in action? So it is, yeah, yeah. So it's controlling the um, levels of the Somerset levels, really. And, it's, uh, and we're by a concrete bridge. Okay, it's just testing out the depth. We've left Skeff and Ali. Skeff is looking for perch, Ali casting for pike. And I'm watching a whole bank of celandines. Uh, oh yeah, they look lovely. That's a good little... I don't think what that tree is over the other side. Is it over there? Uh, I don't think, I it... think it's a horse chest. Yeah, it's just doesn't, it doesn't look good at all. Uh, Maybe horse chestnut. Yeah, I think. I'm not absolutely sure. Wonderful tree. Oh, it's so difficult when that leaves are yeah. off. There's no leaves around. To... I think you should fish. Then. Shall I go first? Yes. All right. Okay. Well. Uh, well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Definitely. Let's try it. But, uh, I get an extreme amount of vicarious pleasure in life generally, so um, let's go and then if, if nothing happens. I think, yeah, in fact, you can. Oh, oops, I don't mean to do that. Right, I'll come and take over then. Mm, we can move. And I think just drop it. Just drop it out in the middle there. Or just down this, um, I'd say drop it in about here. Yeah. And it should sit fairly still. Okay. So we're fishing quite close in. We are, this is hopefully, I think this is, this is perchy. Right, this sort of spot. Underneath the bridge. It, yeah, it's a good bit of cover from the bridge. Go up here a bit. Yeah. 
it has come a bit too close in, so the shot's okay. on the bottom, which is why it's... Yeah, just give it a little swing. Oh, is that a fish on? I think yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tiny fish. It's a tiny perch. I've caught a tiny perch. <laughs> Watch that tree. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, look at that. This is the world's smallest fish. I'm sorry, Kevin. No, that's all right. Making a pig zero. <laughs> well, it's the length of my finger. Beautiful fish. It's taken the hook down a bit. So yeah, just um, Sounds like I was pulling it in. Oh, look at that and give him a... That's so sweet, what a little tiny fish I've caught. I'll have uh, to take a no photo of you with the fish. Right. It's a perch, it's probably three inch, maybe <laughs> three and a half inches long. There Ooh, we go, done. there we are. But it's a fish. It's a fish, well... <laughs> and it's species number two. Species number two. My first perch of the day. Oh, you had one? Yeah, but, but, but uh, let's... You need a mic, yeah, magnifying glass. <laughs> <laughs> what a fight! That was. I mean, well, it was epic. I, I took yeah. probably, I don't know, 20 minutes to land. Yeah. I think the best bit was the fact that you didn't even know it was there. No. <laughs> no, I didn't even feel it. <laughs> no. It just shows that hook can take a four-pound chop and a. Absolutely, yes. It's just, do you think I should bring it a bit further into the... You could do, yes, yeah. So we've moved on to the plumping station and we're back with Skeff and you've had some, lots of perch, little perch here. Lots of little babies, yes. Oh, nothing, okay. uh, nothing monstrous. Oh, nothing monstrous, like that. Oh, there we go. Kev's, <laughs> oh, there we are. Kev's been poaching and oh. has caught a... Terrible, I mean, I've even... Not even, you know, an attempt to hide it. I've actually come <laughs> inside and nudging to get that. Snagged one already. But there'll be bigger ones here as well. Is that there? Well, that's the. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you get shoals of small perch like that. I, I often think the bigger ones would be eating them. So that. Oh, I see. Oh, do they? They're cannibalistic. They are like that. cannibalistic. So I suspect that the big ones probably aren't here. But uh, it's nice just to see a float go under. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, that's... A bit of activity on a quiet day. And there is something really enticing about seeing a float bobbing and catching a fish. And so that was... Well, actually, that's just the first part of my adventure with Kevin Parr on the river down there in the Somerset Levels. And it was great to meet his friend Skeff and Skeff's son, Ali, uh, and just find out a, a whole uh, an insight into the world of angling. And to spend a day by water trying to tempt, well, Kev, obviously you heard, caught a huge fish. I didn't have quite quite the same success. Uh, but um, wonderful times. And it was so wonderful that I couldn't fit all the podcast into one. So I've split it into two. And you can join Kev and me and Skeff and Ali next week where the tension really hots up. <laughs> And talking about tension hotting up, I'm in the studio with my two fabulous podcast friends and allies, Hannah and Jack. And lovely to see you. Thank you for coming fishing with me vicariously. Thank you very much for having us. Well, it's a pleasure. Um, would, you, would you go fishing in real life, do you think? I would with Kev. You would with Kev. We, Not... uh, we know my feelings about fish. <laughs> now we know your feelings about Kev. <laughs> um, 
Jack, is that, did you go fishing as a nipper? Um, I don't think I did. But it's always something that I've been curious of because I think it's one of those things that if you haven't done it, I think it's easy to say it's probably boring and a bit slow. But I think it's potentially one of those activities once you have done it, you understand it and can go, I like that. Yes, I think that's that's quite you have to do it. It's not something it's not a spect it's not a spectator sport. It might be an audio spectator sport. I hope it is, because there's two podcasts about it. But um, <laughs> it's I've done it lots over my life, but not with any great success. And it's so it's amazing to have um someone so adept as Kev and and, and Skeff and Ali along just to show the some of the basics and just to take away the mystique. Kev's just a magician with a fishing rod. He can just seem to conjure fish out of anywhere. Whereas I, I tried exactly the same techniques and ended up with, well, you can, you'll be able to see from the photos that accompany this podcast, the disparity in our skills. But, um, or maybe it's something we should, we should, Jack and I should take you fishing, Hannah, and see whether you, no, you'll only do it with Kev. Yeah. Only with if it was Kev. all four of us. Well, I, and I'm delighted to say Kev will join us next week for part two and he'll join us in the podcast chat. So, well, we recorded that at the end of February and we're now in, well, getting on to late March. So, and, and the world's changing. It's so sunny and so spring-like at the moment. Have you grabbed spring by the tail? Absolutely. It is absolutely. Dress season, short season, it's it's my time. Back at home in, in the Brecon Beacons, I've the chiff-chaffs have arrived, chiff-chaffing in all the... Um, all the local copses and along by the river. Celandines everywhere. Well, there were celandines in the podcast too. Oh gosh, what else? I've seen primroses. The blackthorn is in blossom. It's just on the on the cusp of, of getting really exciting. Well, it is really exciting, but more every day seems to bring new wonders and trees bursting into leaf. Well, in the city at the moment, the magnolia trees are all out. The clouds of pink and oh, white. Oh yeah, that's great. A bit like your dress. Yes. Yeah. Jack, how about you? You've been on the allotment. What's happening? Well, it was a, um, we had one week. At, it's, it's a, it's a what do you, what's the phrase? A, a tale of two halves. Uh, <laughs> a bit like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks ago, it was really sort of wet and claggy. And it was one of those things where you stand on a bit of mud and then your shoes feel about four tons heavier. Mm. And then this weekend we go down and everything's dry as a bone. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, it was down there. Really nice. It was so sort of, Nice sunny, a bit of a breeze. You could hear loads more birds as the distant dog barking. And uh, we could just potter around. It was lovely. And it was one of those days where you could easily spend hours up there. And actually, it only feels like half an hour. It was it oh, was really nice. That's a, that's really nice. To, I kind of just, I just, I sort of melted in my chair while you said <laughs> that. Because I, I think we all need a bit of R&R &R out in nature and on the allotment at the moment. It's uh, sort of juxtaposition of sunny days and kind of really, really horrifying news. Mm. So um, that sounds... Is it like clay then in North 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 Bristol? I think it's a bit, bit clay, yeah. Claggy. Claggy. Cla claggy so, is the word yeah, I'd yeah, use, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it's wet, it's claggy. And when it's dry, it's baked hard, like yeah. concrete. <laughs> oh, the best. But it probably... There's there's some things you can grow in that. that will, yeah, some good, you, you get a lot of wonky veg, I think, because <laughs> of it. Hannah, any other adventures or is it... Work, work, work for you. I haven't seen any peregrines this week, um, but I have seen the remains of um, peregrine strike. There was a particularly sad looking pigeon. 
in in Bristol. In Bristol, with its insides on the outsides. Oh right, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's um, keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of anything else that's happened. Well, but I've been out all weekend, just getting as much sunshine as possible, and perfect. Fill the batteries. It's um, I I got really lucky last week. I, I nipped down on a Wednesday night to the New Forest and spent. It's just, it's just, this is heaven for me. Is going down and arriving in the dark at a country inn, knowing that the next day is going to be beautifully sunny for an adventure in the forest, and settling down. There was a fire crackling in the grate, and long, horrible, wet and windy drive down, and then this sort of ah, oh, it's the best, and the anticipation, and it lived up to totally lived up to expectations. I had a day with. I was meeting Dominic Cousins, who's a old friend who's a writer and tour leader, probably one of the best naturalists I've ever met, but I'd never actually spent any time walking around in the in the wild with him. And we had a morning just wandering around a beautiful, beautiful part of the New Forest, really varied sort of conifers and oak woods and hollywoods and all sorts of things. And he, well, there's going to be a podcast coming up, but I've I've never been with anyone who could conjure. I, there were things I just couldn't see. And he would say, oh, there's a firecrest, or there's a whorefinch, or there. And I, I, was, I was blown away. It's like being with, it's, I, I felt like a sort of a, a real novice with a great master. So that was, that was fun. But I do have a couple of sounds which I recorded, as well as the podcast. See what you think. Sounds of the week. Okay, I've got two mystery birds. So the first one... Wood pigeon. Not, not the wood pigeon. <laughs> the old, you'd shout, yeah, cheeky. Uh, that, the one that gave, could you hear the kick, 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 yeah. kick? It's someone cycling with a dodgy wheel. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what it, I couldn't work out what it was. It was, and I didn't really, if I'd known it was there, because I only discovered that listening to the recording later. And I wish I'd known it was there because it was a sparrowhawk. Oh, wow. So that's the call of a sparrowhawk, um, an adult calling from... I don't know, prominent perch. That's incredible. It's so musical. Yeah, I, I, it's much because I, th- I thought, oh, possibly a green woodpecker. But mm. I sent it to Dominic and he said, no, that's a sparrowhawk. So that was cool. And then this one, I really like. Bird that's eating something too hot. Like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit prudish. Ooh, ooh. Isn't that weird? It sounds like something big. It's going it's to be something tiny now, isn't it's it? It's not tiny, but it's, in fact, your answer, the first one is, for the first call, is, is close. It's a stock dove. Oh. And that's, so a stock dove is probably the least known pigeon that lives in Britain. And it's a, it's a bird of woodland and farmland. Very smart little bird. Looks a bit like the town pigeon, but much smarter with this very, very obvious black eye. And Dominic managed to find one on his scope, his telescope. So we had a good look at one. But then later I was um, just recording and I, f- I found one doing that funny little noise. So that's a stock dove. I'm really, really pleased to get one. They've had a big decline in Britain, sadly. But uh, if you hear that noise, you now know... <laughs> Stock Dove Lesson of the Week. I've also brought a mystery sound this week. Jack, the anticipation. <laughs> it's a very mysterious sound. Oh, well, this is going to be fun. My ears are open. 
so it's a mechanical noise of some the hum ignore that ignore the hum okay. the hum yeah. in the background is so it's the swishing sound it's, 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 it's the squeaky noise the squeaky You're moving shears really quickly. Mice. It sound like this, not that. No? Little tiny mice. No, but you're closer than Ferg. Rats. No, you're going too too close to the... Oh, it's hedgehog. It is a hedgehog. <gasps> yes. Oh, my goodness. It is a hedgehog snuffling. Oh, that's incredible. It's, it's so squeaky. So, that is our sound of the year. <laughs> Honestly, that's brilliant. You had me totally fooled. It's I had no idea what that was. A little hedgehog snuffling. Uh, the reason you can hear a sort of a machine noise in the background is I went and helped out at the hedgehog rescue near where I live. And uh, so I went and helped for the, the morning with my with my mum and we went and cleared out uh, a load of hedgehogs in the hedgehog hospital. Uh, great. So you cleared out the cages or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, we cleared out every day. Um, and that was one that I cleared out and he came to say hello. So I got my phone out, recording him and having a little sniff uh, for his little... That was it. Utterly beautiful. Fantastic. I also have hedgehog news, actually. Um, My mother discovered some hedgehog droppings in the garden, which means our hedgehog, Hilary, is still alive and well. Still still, still out there eating slugs and... Great news. Wonderful. Well, Jack, that's that's great. Uh, and so, so do you release them into the wild in spring? Also, it's a it's a, a lady that lives near me basically will get be, be made aware of hedgehogs that need help or people spot them. Uh, she takes them in and uh, so there's a little uh, shed she has in her garden where um, she may get the, the medicine, help take them to the vet and then looks after them, gets them back uh, up to health. And then uh, they go out the shed into like some sort of more outside uh, hutches just to get used to being outside. They're finally into their sort of grown up, almost back to outdoors sort of hutch. And then they, once they're well enough, get released back into the one. I think she has currently about uh, 53 oh hedgehogs that she's looking after at the moment. How spoilt. Doing a great job of, re, re, well, keeping the hedgehog pocket populations alive well what a happy note to finish on i think for this podcast but uh jack you're a hero a hedgehog hero <laughs> and hannah you're a peregrine pursuer <laughs> um, well a big thank you to kevin parr for taking me out for the day and showing me how to catch fish really fun and thank you obviously to hannah and jack for very entertaining tales the biggest thank you of all to you all for listening for tuning in and join us again next week for what is the last in the series kevin parr on the river part two but for now goodbye